I wonder if this is a familiar experience for you. Right, now, time for my daily quiet time. I time in God's word, personal devotional time. Right. Well, where, where should I start? I wonder where I should go. Kids! Shut! Turn it down! Now, I was thinking about the love of God. Now, I'm trying to read about the love of God for the love of God. Now, yeah, I don't, don't really know. Actually, I think I might just get a cup of tea for a minute. A cup of tea? Okay. Tea? Right. Right, ten minutes later. That was, that was a delicious cup of tea. Now, where was I, I think? Well, I, I, what I, I don't know an idea. I've seen this done before. Now, just... Hold on. I can do this. I can close my eyes and then... All right. And I sent them to Ido, the leader of Cassifier. I told them what to do to Ido and his kinsmen, the temple servants in Cassifier, so that they might bring attendance to us for the house of God. Well, hmm. That, that is good, isn't it? <laughs> Yes, I might have to think about that a bit longer. Why don't, why don't I start at, this, at the beginning? I'll just, I'll just do that. I'll start at the beginning. That's a good idea. Here we go. So, in the, in the beginning was... In the, in the beginning, God created the heavens and... Kids, shush! Noah prayed for five years. That's it. None. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth... Now the earth was formless and empty, darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. Um, there's lots of words, aren't there? Oh, there's lots. Actually, there's no, there's no pictures. I don't know, I can't find any pictures at all. That's a bit tricky. I know an idea. I might go to the end. I'll see how, I'll see how it finishes. Okay. All right. So, all right. Uh, I warn everyone who hears the words of this prophecy of this book, if anyone adds anything to them, why would you add to them? There's so many already. <laughs> Stand. Oh, I'm, actually, I'm, I am feeling a little bit peckish. I might just grab something to eat for a minute. It won't be long. Just grab something to eat. Anyway, there you go. Um, <laughs> yeah. So do you, does that resonate with any of you? Yeah. Have you ever been there? Yes. Probably not all of them, not shouting at the kids in love like I have obviously have done. Um, yeah, today I want to help you. Uh, I want to help you with that, right? Help you with that experience there. Take you from that. I don't, I don't want to leave you there. I guess I want to take you on a bit of a journey of reading the Bible. Um, for those who need that help, uh, today's a day to reset. We've been talking about resetting this series of five healthy habits of growing faithful Christians. So today's a reset when it comes to reading our Bible. We've talked about church. We've talked about um, prayer. Uh, today is a day to reset. So if that's, if that's you, um, I want to help you. I want to take you away from that spot there and then bring you to a much better place of regularly reading the Word of God. Now, if you're, if you're already in a good habit of reading the Word of God, and that's something that you do regularly, um, then today's about just encouraging you, encouraging you to keep doing it, 
Keep, keep doing that um, and know the importance of, of what you're doing. So in your um, bulletins, there's a little outline there. You might want to scribble some notes down. Have that open in front of you. Uh, most of the Bible verses will be up on the screen. We're preaching through some topical things at the moment, so there's a, most of the Bible verses will be up there. Otherwise, I'd encourage you to have your Bible open in front of you. Although you might want to have Psalm 119 open in front of you because we'll come back to that in a bit more depth in a moment. We'll have a Q&A at the end. Uh, if you've got any questions or comments, uh, words of encouragement, um, let's pray for us all as we look at God's word now. Father, we pray and well, we thank you for your word. We thank you that it's a, a lamp to our feet, um, as we'll see in a moment, that is precious. And as we hear it today, as we focus on it, um, Lord, we thank you for it. We pray that you'd speak to us and we pray that you'd change us so that we can hear from you and know you um, more and more. In Jesus' name, amen. So 1 Peter 2 verse 2, the Apostle writes, Like newborn babies crave pure spiritual milk so that by it you may grow up in your salvation, now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. In the context, Peter, the Apostle here, is urging his readers to, rather than continue their old ways of living, and he mentions their malice and hypocrisy, envy, strife, that sort of thing, rather than continue in that way of life, he says they are to crave, now his, leaders, his, his readers are all scattered around the place, by the way, aren't persecuted and so forth, but they are to crave what nourishes them and feeds them, uh, feeds spiritual growth. And what that is, well, that is the word of God. Uh, by it you may grow up in your salvation. Now, now it's the word of God because of the context before. Verses, um, chapter 1, verse 23 to 25, speak of the enduring word of God. Uh, the word of God that endures forever. That was preached to them, the apostle writes. That's that pure spiritual milk that will help them grow up into their salvation. Uh, become more and more like Jesus. Uh, be mature in their salvation. But here's the problem. Reading the Bible sometimes is like this. It's a bit of a challenge. Sometimes we don't know where to start. Uh, life is just really busy. We find the whole thing threatening. There are a lot of words. <laughs> uh, and it's such a big book as well. And there are some really confusing bits. And frankly, there are some bits too that, well, you know, they're a little bit embarrassing. But it's essential reading. It's essential reading, for by it we mature in our relationship with God, in trust and obedience. We grow up into our salvation. So today's the third in our series, I'm, I'm, um, in, our, in our reset series. And today I'm just, I've just given it the title, you can see in your outline there, Milking the Word, right? Uh, it's the how-to of reading the Bible, listening to it, understanding it, Drinking it down, extracting it, milking the word. As we use um, the Bible's analogy with milk, in some ways, where to be like then? Well, where to be like a good dairy farmer, okay, who knows the value of milk, who's self-disciplined, and has got a good idea of the how-to. So that's sort of our structure of where we're heading today, and you can see that on your outline. But first, let's remind ourselves of the value of pure spiritual milk. Because sometimes when we're not so sure what to do or how to read it, we end up asking ourselves, why do I bother? 
So, number one, first point you outline there says, like a good dairy farmer, we know that the milk is precious. Of course, it's the dairy farmer's livelihood, isn't it? Friends, without the living and active word of God, uh, sorry, the living and active word of God is the Christian's livelihood. Without it, we're, we're lost. It's, it's precious. And it's precious because it tells us of God and it's from God. So I did a bit of research on dairy farmers. Um, there used to be quite a few dairy farmers in, in um, this sort of area. I think there's only two or three now. Um, I've never worked on a dairy farm. They work far too hard for me. Uh, they, work, they get up very early in the morning, don't they? Four o'clock or something. That's uh, an ungodly time. No, it's, a, it's good on them. Um, but I, I, so I asked a few. I got some information. I learned this as well. This is what I did learn. That Did you know that the cow's milk tells the farmer something about the cow? Now, of course, you all knew that. You've lived in Robbo for ages, but I didn't know that. But I now, 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 now do. It can tell the farmer something about the cow's protein, and fat levels, even the type of grass the cow has been eating, if the cow is properly hydrated. How about that? I think that's fascinating. That's some things. It can tell some things about the cow. But the Bible, the Word of God, tells us everything we need to know about God. Not just some things. Everything we need to know about life and how to get life right, because it's from God. All Scripture, chapter two, verse uh, two, Timothy three, verse sixteen. Oh, there's my cow. There we go. Good-looking cow. But it's, um, verse sixteen. All Scripture is God-breathed. So Scripture is precious because it comes from God. These are uh, these are the words of God, not men and women. Um, He's the, God is the author, and so it's precious because of who wrote it. When Michelle and I were, were dating, um, well, a long time ago, uh, <laughs> uh, back in the day, Michelle got an opportunity to spend six weeks in Hong Kong um, with a job at the time. So it was a great opportunity, fantastic. Uh, but, you know, we'd miss each other. I can't remember how long we were going out for, do you remember? I don't think it was very long. No, I don't think it was very long. Um, Give it six months, maybe. I don't know. But we miss each other. But it was going to be okay because we had at our fingertips the latest technology in communication. We had fax machines. <laughs> fax machines. They were so cool. The message would come out. Whoa, where'd that come from? How did that happen? We could write to each other, and we did. And I'd love to share some of the things that Michelle wrote right now. So, um, no, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> the truth is, fax machine, that, remember that old fax machine paper was all sort of, um, um, it was shiny? It didn't last very long. So we actually kept some of those letters just for, for memory's sake, um, but they just disintegrated and you couldn't read them again. So sadly, I can't. You just have to use your imagination. Um, receiving one of Michelle's faxes at my dad's work, was, was really one of the highlights of my week. I'd literally sit by the, I was meant to be working, so I did a few jobs at university and so on, but um, I, was, I was there one day, and one day a week I think, and literally I just sat by the fax machine waiting for this message to come through, this fax to come through. Those, those faxes were precious to me, not because of the paper they were written on or the, or the technology, as, as amazing it was, as it was. Um, they were precious to me because they were Michelle's words. That's why they were precious to me. These words in, in our Bibles 
are precious because uh, the God who created us, who created everything, who knows us intimately, who knows the number of hairs on our head, has, speaks to us through them. They are, they are God-breathed, 2 Timothy 3 verse 16 says. God breathes out his words by his spirit, the Bible says. It's actually a play on words. The Apostle Paul, who wrote that section of the Bible in 2 Timothy, uses, um, uh, it's a play on a Hebrew word, because the Hebrew word for spirit is also breath, ruach. Uh, and, and so Paul is making a comment about God's spirit working through scripture, what we have in our hot little hands today. 2 Timothy, three, uh, 2 Timothy 1 verse 3 tells us uh, that everything in the scriptures, uh, God's very great promise, promises uh, in, the, in the scriptures, we have everything we need for life and godliness. Let me read it to you. So his divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his going glory and goodness. Through, through, for, uh, sorry, through these, he has given us his very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. So the, the Apostle Peter is telling us here that in the, in the scriptures, God's very great and precious promises, we have everything we need for life and godliness. And if we went back to, to Timothy again, Paul fleshes this idea out about the purpose of scripture. Uh, these verses tell us about the why of Scripture. Why is it written for us? So in verse 15, you can see it makes us wise for salvation. The Scriptures tell us of the, of the Gospel. How will we be saved? It tells us about God and his son Jesus who died for our sin to save us from the coming judgment. The Scriptures are essentially about God and his work and what he has done uh, and what he will do. But the scriptures also, well, the scriptures themselves, the, the pages here won't save you. That was the problem with the Pharisees. But the, the Bible tells us that, that the scriptures themselves tell us of the God who does save. Now, again, let's look a little bit more closely. Verse 16 and 17. All scripture is uh, God-breathed and useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, training in righteousness, so that servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Do you see the value of reading scripture? There it is there. I was going to say in black and white, but it's in red. Uh, <laughs> there's the value of scripture. So that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped. Life and godliness. That's what we find in the scriptures. Everything we need for life and godliness. So we can get life right. In fact, through the Bible, God helps us to see the world through his eyes. We get God's worldview, a spiritual worldview, God's worldview, to see life in focus, uh, clearly not blurry to get life right. Now, that's the blessed life described in Psalm 1. You might remember this psalm. This is the Psalm 1 describes the poster boy, right, who delights in the word of the Lord. And such delight results in, in him being blessed. He, see, he's the guy, he meditates on his, he delights in the law of the, law, of, the word, of the Lord, who meditates on his law day and night. He's the guy we want to be, right? That, that's, that, that's the purpose of Psalm 1. We look at him and go, I want to be that guy. I want what he's got. He's the guy we want to envy in, in a nice sort of way, in a good way. 
Now, the psalmist knew how precious the word of God is, and so he delighted in it. So if you've still got it open, Psalm 119, it's a long psalm, but the section we read um, continues about the word of God and the importance and purpose of the word of God. But if you look with me from sort of Psalm 97 onwards, you can sort of flick through as I make a few points. But you might remember how the psalmist describes God's word, the law. So the psalmist describes God's word as from God, your law, your precepts, your words, words that teach and guide and give life. They are special to the psalmist. They're immensely valuable. And what does he gain from God's word? Well, we pick up that he gains wisdom and understanding beyond his years. It helps him to avoid evil. A bit like Psalm 1, who uh, this, the psalmist, this, this, Blessed or righteous person who delights in the word of God uh, does not walk in the counsel of the wicked. In other words, they walk in the counsel of the word of God. That's the counsel they listen to. That's the counsel they soak in. It's precious to him. Uh, not the counsel of the, of the wicked, those who don't know God. Uh, their, their advice is no good to, them at all, good to him at all, but the word of God is. By God's word, he gains life. Uh, it is a guide for his feet. A lamp for his feet, his path. Now, how does he feel about God's word? Because the, so this Psalm 119 is, is well, it, it's soaked in feelings, in emotion, uh, when we read the word of God. How does he feel? He loves it, he says. You see, God's word is from God, and so it's relational. The Bible is about a relationship, and here is God speaking to us. It's not just there to, to win some trivia competitions. It's God speaking to us, and so it's rational, and so the psalmist loves it. And, and it's sweet, he calls it, sweeter than honey. It's a lovely description of, of the word of God, it's sweeter than honey. Don't read the word of God because I tell you so, I tell you to do it. Read the word of God because uh, what it is, it's God speaking to us. It's God's precious word. That's why we read the word of God. So, as we come to read and understand the precious word of God, this idea of milking the word, uh, one thing must happen. Just as cows won't milk themselves, as far as I know they don't milk themselves, someone can correct me if they like, but I haven't seen that happen. Um, I, I did Google it, it doesn't work. Um, well, we need ourselves to take it up and read. We need to pick it up and read. Uh, St Augustine of Hippo, North Africa. He was one of the early church fathers. He lived from 354 AD to, to 430 AD. Great theologian. People still read him today. Um, one of the great church leaders of the 5th century. He tells the story of his conversion in Confessions. It's his, uh, one of his most famous books he wrote. It's, it's pretty hard going, but it's some parts are worth a read. But he describes his great depression of his associated with his uncleanness before God, his sin, and the attempts of his friends to convert him. So have a look at this. This is one, one part of Confessions. But when a profound reflection had from the secret depths of my soul drawn together and heaped up all my misery before the sight of my heart, there arose a mighty storm accompanied by as mighty a shower of tears. Not easy language to get in your head, but you get the idea, don't you? Here he is, 
uh, is that last line, the shower of tears, this great depression as he realises his uncleanness before God. He's, he's far away from God. Then, as the story goes, he hears a little girl saying over and over, take up and read, take up and read. In the Latin, it's tole lege, take up and read. Now, he didn't know of a children's game that used such a phrase um, over and over. But here's the, the second part of the little quote here. I was saying these things and weeping in the most bitter contrition of my heart, when, lo, I heard the voice as of a boy or girl, I know not which, coming from a neighbouring house, chanting and oft-repeating, take up and read, take up and read. And so he took it to be a command from heaven to open the book to take up and read. Now the passage he came across was this, Romans 13. Rather clothe yourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ and do not think about how to gratify the desires of the flesh. Then he found his security in Jesus. He clothed himself with him. And so he says here, by a light, as it were, of security infused in my heart, all the gloom of doubt vanished away. It's a great story. It's only part of it, really, of his conversion. The point, of course, for us, though, is that we must take it up and read. Actually, you've got to take it up, you've got to pick it up and read your Bible. Open the pages of the Word of God. Now, Augustine wrote sometime later, a number of years later, the most skillful interpreter of the sacred writings, the Bible, then will be he who in the first place has read them all and retained them in his knowledge, if not yet with full understanding, still with such knowledge as reading gives. He makes it clear that what's important is that if you want to know God, if you want to get to know him, if you want to understand the creator of the universe, well, He's got to take it up and read. Tole lege. Take it up and read. There's a bit of self-discipline with that, isn't there, though? So I want to get a bit practical over the next little while. I want to give you a few tips. I want to give you a bit of confidence. I want to get you away from sitting on that chair to a much better place so we regularly pick up the Bible and read. I want to give you a few ideas about self-discipline um, and then just doing it, I guess, too, and seeing it through. I guess we call this resetting. So you might want to jot some things down to help you remember, too. What we want to do then is we, form, we want to form healthy habits. We talked about forming the healthy habit of it, of coming to church, of, of how, how, what a privilege this gathering is. Uh, we, formed, we talked about the healthy habit of, of um, reading, sorry, of, of, uh, of praying. Another healthy habit is, is, is reading the Word of God. So what sort of things might help form the healthy habit of regular reading the Word of God? It's point three in your outlines. Um, my little point here is a good dairy farmer will know there's more than one way to milk a cow. Apparently there's two. That's not one of them. Um, but, so when it comes to reading the Bible, there's, well, there's plenty of ways we can do it. Uh, but don't get threatened by that. Don't get overwhelmed by all the ways you could read the Bible. Um, all the sort of, just choose one that works best for you. I want to think about it in two ways. We can read the Bible proactively and we can read the Bible reactively. I spend most of this next few minutes on proactive reading. And I've got three examples. The first example of proactive reading of the Bible is just regular, everyday, systematic reading where God's word sets the agenda. Uh, so you can do that on your own. We, at a church I was um, at years ago, we used to call it 15, 15 minutes in the chair. So it's just where you find a quiet place, where you're not disturbed, where you don't have to threaten technology usage. Um, and... Um, 
it might be the first thing you do when you get to the office. That's sort of my routine these days. Um, it's quiet uh, and, and it works well. It might be over breakfast. I had a friend who, who, who is so... Uh, he was so regular with his porridge eating every morning. That's all he ever had for like 50 years, porridge, right? So every time he sat down um, for, um, for his porridge, he had his Bible open in front of him. And it was like a Pavlovian response. Um, here's his, here's his uh, porridge and here's his Bible. But whatever it might be, it might be at breakfast, we'd be on the bus, I don't know, over a coffee in a cafe, when the little ones are finally asleep, if you've got young kids, Pray first, ask God to help you understand what you're going to read and, then, um, and, and, and to live it out. Uh, it's best to read a book through, understanding that'll help you understand the context, not only the book itself, but also uh, probably get, an, uh, get a bit of an idea to where the book fits into God's sort of grand storyline of the Bible. Make sure you see it through, like you wouldn't finish a novel three quarters of the way through. You want to get to the end to see how it all finishes, how it all wraps up together. That's the same with the book and the Bible. That way you understand, um, uh, what, you understand things a lot better. All that gives you confidence to keep going and, and, and will answer your questions as you continue reading too. What if you're an absolute first-timer? You haven't picked up the Bible um, ever before or you haven't picked it up for a long, long time. Where to go? Well, I'd say start, go to a gospel. Go to Matthew, Mark, Luke or John. Um, I always say Mark because it's the shortest. And the gospels are biographies of Jesus. They tell you about Jesus. Don't start with Genesis and start reading it through. Tough work. Um, difficult. Be realistic. Don't bite off more than you can chew. Read for 15 minutes, maybe a chapter at most. And um, you might want to reread the section as well. Ask yourself these questions. These are really helpful questions, I think. What does the passage show us about God? How do we see people respond to God? How does this passage help us to see Jesus? If this story, <coughs> excuse me, if this story was our story, what is the appropriate way to live? Imagine if you were there. Imagine if you were them. Imagine if they were here. I'll, let you, I'll keep that up on the screen as long as I can. I've got another, clip, another um, uh, slide coming in in a moment. They're good questions, I think. To sit down, open your Bible, and ask those questions as you read. If you'd like to get those at the end, uh, you can, yeah, some people are taking photos, which is a good idea. Um, I think they're really good, but you can get them off at the end if you like. Uh, another way to read the Bible on your own is through a phone or a tablet app. So, um, and, and there's also some good, good uh, Bible notes. I know some people in this church have used scripture union bible notes for years they've been publishing they're, they're great uh, they give a bit of a commentary a few explanations and some questions too and a passage to read uh, but the bible app i want to tell you about um, i'll put that up again another time if you'd like me to but the bible app i want to tell you about which which i've used from time to time is called explore it's by the same people who uh, published christianity explored but it's, i really recommend it it's fantastic uh It'll, it teaches, basically it teaches you the type of questions that are, that are helpful to ask and it gives you a bit of a commentary, it takes you through a book of the Bible and helps you about what decisions to make as you read. So you can get it and if you want to see mine at the end I can show you what I've got in my phone. Uh, it's really, I think it's quite helpful. And there's good articles and that sort of thing as well. So if you want a fresh thing to do, I recommend that. It's great. Um, it's a good, really good one. And there are those questions again too, so that's good, that's helpful. Uh, some people try, try, try to use, do the, I've done it a few times, the Bible in a year. Um, when I say I've done it a few times, I did the Bible in two years. Um, at one point I did it again, it was about three and a half. 
reading the Bible in one year is heavy going, and it's and it's good if you can do it. But be careful of not too high expectations. You're just feeling you end up feeling lousy about yourself because you haven't kept up with the day. But it's a good thing to do um, at some point in your life. Um, just choose what works and and gets you reading the Bible. If you want some more more tips, ask around what other people do. Um, I've got a few ideas more as well. Another way that you can do proactive reading of the Bible is in a small group. Uh, in a good small group, when you read the Bible, the Word of God together, it's our small Bible study groups, discuss what it says, its implications, you share your lives together, you pray for each other, uh, can be life-changing. If you're not in a small group or you've been a bit slack and you haven't gone very often, get up, get to it. They're really great. Come to your, Get involved in a small group. Another proactive reading of the Bible um, is, in, of course, in a large group like this, isn't it? Where we open our Bibles together and we read. Um, we've talked about the importance of this gathering bef- uh, a couple of weeks ago. But I reckon 2022 looks like a pretty good year for conferences. So I'm going to be um, plugging a few of those this year. Blokes, I reckon we should go to one of the men's conferences, whether it's the one in the city or the Blue Mountains. We'll talk about that later on. Um, women, there's some same women's conferences on as well. There's the Southern Highlands men's and women's conferences. I'm going to push those too. They're a bit later on in the year. So uh, watch this space, but let's, let's attend a few of those. They're really great. They're back on again, so why not? Also, we're going to have our own church weekend away. So that, of course, will be in October. Um, around that sort of time. We've missed it for the last two years. So try to make sure you come to that. All right, now what about what, about what I've called reactive reading of the Bible? Well, look, there's sometimes there's, there's... Sometimes you need something specific as to your life right now as you read. Now, my Bible, this is a bit of an older one, but has um, what to read when you feel. And a lot of your Bibles have that sort of thing. Um, Bible notes sort of help you that sometimes. But... You know, what to read when you're feeling down, depressed? Well, Psalm 88 is great because Psalm 88, the psalmist, well, the psalmist is feeling that way. Um, and, and, and I read it and, I, and I, can, I can know that I'm not alone. I know God understands, understands my feelings and where I'm at. Um, what about you thinking about work? Well, Colossians 3.17 is great. Um, sex in marriage. 1 Corinthians 7 is great. Sex outside of marriage and the, the, the fact that we should flee from it. That's the chapter before. Uh, when God feels distant, when you're feeling alone, you need to be reminded of God's promises. Well, Joshua 1 is great. Psalm 23, the famous Psalm 23. The end of Romans 8. They're great passages to, to read about when I feel distant from God. But you need to be reminded of God's promises. Romans 8 is that nothing can separate me from the love of God that's in Christ Jesus. What about our money? Well, if you go to 1, 1 uh, Timothy 6, it's a great passage on money. If you just need some wisdom from God's word about how we use our money. You can be confident that the word of God has something to say about your life and your life now. It won't tell you what job to take, but it will tell you how to, how to do your job in a godly way. Uh, it won't tell you who to marry, but it will tell you about a godly man and woman and how to be a good husband and a good wife. It won't tell you which car to buy, but the Bible does speak a lot about materialism and greed. Okay, let's tie a few things together. I'm hoping today you, you've... Well, I'm hoping you've joined me on a bit of a journey, right? A journey from that, that chair there, which we don't want to be there, uh, to something much better with regular reading of the Bible, from, from confusion to, to clarity, 
uh, from fear to confidence, from a dusty Bible sitting um, on your shelf uh, to a used one you read um, regularly. Like any relationship, when you're not communicating well, you're not listening to each other and it suffers. There's a distance. Uh, For me, it's the same with my relationship with God. If I'm not listening to him through his precious word in the Bible, then I feel it. I know I'm not growing. My relationship with God suffers. I begin to doubt his promises and I, I forget his grace and I feel distant. It makes a lot of sense. We're not communicating with God. I'm not going to feel great about our relationship. But thankfully, God's great and precious promises is that he doesn't, he's not distant, just the way, the way I feel it. God is close to me because I've, I trust in him. How about we pray and then we'll see if there's any time for questions or comments. Let's pray. Father, today we really want to thank you for the fact that you speak to us. We thank you that your word is living and active, as Hebrews 4 says. We thank you that, Lord, it is the power to save. And so we pray that we would be people that hear it, listen and put it into practice. Lord, we pray that we take it up and read. For those of us who are in a bit of a rut when it comes to reading the word of God, we pray today would give us that kickstart we need that we get start forming that regular habit of reading your word and you draw us closer and closer to you every time we do it. Lord, we thank you for today. We thank you for the privilege of church. In Jesus' name, amen.